I do want to tell you what uh, what a joy I've had this morning. It's been amazing. I had a great drive down here and, and uh, just in the presence of the Lord and I had worship music going. Uh, I was kind of lost in thought as I was driving and, and just asking the Lord to show me if there's anything else that he wants to show me on the way, on the way here. And uh, it's funny because I, I wasn't anticipating what he showed me. I was actually thinking, you know, I'll look at the, the countryside, you know, and look for wildlife. Uh, just, I, I love being outside. And so I was thinking about that. <clears throat> and, then, and then I thought, you know what? I, I, I'm going to look at all the churches on the way here. And that was what was on my mind as I was thinking, what, what would I notice as I'm driving through and I'm just seeing there's a church here, there's a church here. And then the Lord pointed something out to me. He said, look at all the cemeteries. And I was surprised by that. I thought, hmm. I has... I had in mind of, you know, all the people going to church. I was thinking, okay, there's cars driving. These people are going to church. They're going to church. And as I was driving, I saw people pull off into a driveway toward a house. I saw them pull into another spot. And, and it's, I kept thinking, where, where are all the people going? Everyone has something that they're doing this morning. And, I mean, some may still be sleeping, I don't know, but... But as I was getting ready for this morning, I, I was thinking of... I actually got a uh, text from Ezra, and he was just... He mentioned a message that I preached at the well, at the table, uh, and it was called Prophecy... Or, it was actually a question, is prophecy for today? And... He was, he basically just mentioned it because he, he, he had heard it was a good message. And so I went through and I was just looking through my notes. I ended up going and watching the whole message. And I thought, man, this is a good message. It was great. Like I actually learned from it. I actually was like, this is, wow. I, I was encouraged by what I had said. And, and that's really what my heart is here, is that we will discover, continually discover together. So I want to tell you, if, if you missed it, I'm not actually going to preach that message this morning because I wasn't released to. It just, it, it felt like the Lord said, no, I have, another, I have another message for you. But I want to tell you, go to wengardministries.org and you can find, a, there's a, player in there. You can watch the video of it. Uh, there's also a podcast side. You can just listen to it if you're driving or something. Uh, go to Spotify or go to your podcast app and look for Hope for Today. So it's called Hope for Today and it's on every podcast uh, feed. 
that I, well, supposedly, um, I haven't checked them all, but. And so I'm going to tell you, go and listen to it. Go and watch it. See what the Lord has to say for you. I was looking at my desk. I was sitting at my desk and I was just looking and I had this book. And this caught my attention. This is called, You've Got a Story. And it's better than you think. It's a tiny little book here written by Stephen Bransford. And I've actually, actually uh, gotten to know Stephen well, and, um, and he's a friend of mine. He's a storyteller. And he, in this book, he describes the process of telling a story. And on the back, it says, while everyone has a story, not every story should be told. And that's intriguing to me. That makes me want to, you know, read the book, and which I have. I, uh, when I look at the people around me, I, the people that I interact with, and I think, what's your story? I mentioned it today. What's your story today? What's your story of this week? We just, in the prayer pods, we, we had a, a little glimpse of a story of where you're at right now or in the last few weeks. And the premise of the, the, the statement that says not every story should be told is we tend to look at and focus on the negative things in our lives. And those are the stories that we tell. We say, well, guess what I'm dealing with? Guess what happened to me? Guess what happened to so-and-so? Did you hear? And we start to broadcast the negative stories. So no, not every story should be told. If it's a story of, of your, uh, not that you can't talk about some of the negative things, but looking at the hand of God in your life, looking at what is God doing with this? How is he turning this around? How is he taking what the devil meant for evil and turning it for good? I... Um, when I went to Karis Bible College, I, I was there by myself for the first year, and I really enjoyed being in the presence of a, a lot of people that were on fire for the Lord, wanting to learn, wanting to listen, and wanting to grow. And I kind of, for those, I don't know if you guys are, if there's any motorheads in here, uh, guys who enjoy engines, but... Uh, I, I like power sports, speed, just, I don't know. I mean, it's, there's something exhilarating about getting on a dirt bike or a motorcycle or a snowmobile and just full throttle, go for it. Uh, or, in, I mean, anything, full throttle is always fun. Uh, I fly a powered paraglider, so I have to go full throttle to take off. And when I think of an engine that maybe it's misfiring maybe so if you have a v8 and it's you know you you punch it 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 takes off or it spins out or whatever and if those cylinders are not firing let's say that it's it's missing on three of those cylinders what what happens i mean it's smoking out the back it's it's lugging it's it's really not really not moving very good what if it's only firing on one cylinder? It'd probably stall. So 
when I was at Keras, it felt like I was in an engine with all eight cylinders cranking. And I would interact with people that they had to sacrifice in order to get there. They had a story. They had a story of God's hand in their life and, and, and they were willing to share it. So I would listen. Classes started at 8 a.m. The doors opened at 6.45. At 6.40, I showed up every morning and I stood at the door. Two years, I stood at the door every morning, 6.40 a.m. And there's another group of people there. There's, there's usually 20, 30 people. Doors open up and people just start coming in. And there's this time in the morning to interact, listen, tell. And I heard so many stories. I could, I could stand here for hours and hours and tell you stories. And I think of Ed. He, he showed up in his, uh, I think he was probably mid-50s. I, I should know this for sure, but uh, he, he had a bag of medication with him. He could hardly get from the parking lot into the building. He was overweight. He had, I think it was 17 different medications he took every day. And over the course of those two years, every one of those medications dropped off. Now he didn't just come in there and go, well, okay, I'm, I'm done with this. And he just throw it out and say, forget it. He allowed the Lord to lead him into freedom. And he heard other people's stories. In fact, Ed, uh, after graduating, he started climbing all of the highest mountains in Colorado. And he's been hitting them. And he's doing awesome. But so he heard Emily's story. And she arrived in a wheelchair. She had an autoimmune disease or something. And she couldn't, she, she just couldn't, she couldn't get around. By the end of her time there, she was acting in all of the productions. She was one of the dancers uh, of, you know, in, in the God With Us productions. She was completely active and loving life. There's Clay who had, uh, it was Crohn's disease that he showed up with. And he is, he, he made it his mission to climb all 48, I think it's 48 14ers. Anybody know how many 14ers there are in Colorado? 48 or 58 of the mountains over 14,000 feet and he climbed them all in three years. And he's doing amazing. I could go on and on and on telling you stories. Now if any of the stories, I've just hit a few that were a little more uh, spectacular, let's say. But if you hear one of those stories and you have lupus or you have something that you've been dealing with and you say, well, if, if that person could get through it, why can't I? I, I, think, I think there's possibly hope for me. And that's what I want to encourage you to today. I want to encourage you to tell your stories. We tend to stay quiet, and I, I, I ask the question, why do we hang back? If something 
good happens in your life, why do you hang back? We, we've kind of grown up in a culture of, you know, don't stand out, don't stick up, <laughs> get in line, look like everyone else. And I'll tell you, that's from the devil. Look around you. None of us look like each other. God made us unique so that we do stick out. Why would you want to look like everyone else? If you think of it, systems of the world, like communism, socialism, etc., try to make everyone look like everyone else. Anybody ever watched uh, the like, divergent, divergent movies, uh, or trying to think of the other ones, where if there's a person that isn't wearing the gray uniform and, and in line and doing what everyone else does, that person's pulled out and they get rid of them. Because, ah, we, 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 we just don't know what to do with a person like that. See, the opposite of trust is not mistrust. It's control. If you don't trust something, you'll have to control it. If you don't trust God, you have to control your life. If you don't trust your children, you have to control them. If you don't trust your wife, you have to control her. If you don't trust, you will try to control. That's all that religion does. It simply controls people because it doesn't trust them. What does God do? He trusts us. He trusts us even to the point of making mistakes. And he says, I made a way through this and I'm not, I'm not falling off my throne because you made a mistake. Let me help you through this. Yes, that was dumb. And yes, you need to repent. And yes, you need to stand up and go the other direction. But I'll help you. I'll help you. And the next time you're faced with that situation, hopefully you've learned from it. And hopefully, hopefully, you can uh, show others what it, what it looks like to come out of a situation where you made a mistake and God restored you. See, the thing that we we tend to forget is other people are on their own journey. We're all on a journey and we haven't arrived, but we're on the way. And we look at people and we see their perfect lives, maybe their social media presence, their social media life. And we say, oh, wow, they have it. They have it all together. Look at them. Look at them. But if you would be able to follow them, go, go with them, go home from church with them and listen to the kids fighting in the back and listen to the, the, the dad yelling at them and the mom, you know, I, I don't know, I don't need to go. You, you guys have been there. I've been there, I've been, I've been the dad. <laughs> uh, in fact, I've been the kid too when I was little. I mean, uh, you, these are normal stories, but we, we tend to isolate ourselves out and say, ah, my story's not worth telling. But I want to say, you have a story, and it's better than you think. If you start to look at the hand of God in your life. I, had, uh, I was at a meeting, at a board meeting, and one of the, one of the guys that was there, uh, after the meeting, people were still talking, and everyone else left, and it was just he and I talking, and he said, uh, you know, I, I had something happen, and he brought this up, which was amazing to me. I didn't prompt this uh, story from him. 
he said, so he, he got sick and he had all the symptoms of COVID and he was, you know, whatever, that was part of it. But then he had this major backache and, and it moved up into his neck and, and he was just like everything hurt, everything hurt. And he, he couldn't find relief. And he, he was just alone in, in his room. Um, his wife had, she was like, I'm gonna leave you to your mess and I'm just gonna go out here. And so he was laying out on the bed, kind of hanging off the bed and crying out to the Lord. And he, he found a place of uh, desperation, I'll say where he, 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 he said, I, I can't fix this. There's not a medication that I can take. There's not, and he realized, and this is what he was telling me, we go to all these other solutions before we go to the Lord, and when none of them work, well, then we go to the Lord. Well, that's where he found himself. And he ended, ended up going, and, and he sat down, and he said he was sitting there, and it all at once, it just felt like, there was, there was this uh, tingling that started in the top, on the top of his scalp and it just started to move down. And it was just moving down across. And he said it didn't go fast, but it didn't stop. It just kept moving. And as it went past his head, the headache disappeared. As it went past his neck, the pain in his neck disappeared. As it went down across his back, the pain in his back disappeared. Everything all the pain disappeared. The nausea stopped. Everything stopped. As this, he said he was literally just healed from the top to the bottom until it went out his feet. <laughs> and he was telling me this, and he said, now, uh, you know, I don't know, you might, you might think I'm a little crazy. I told this at my, at my uh, small group, and I don't, know what they, I don't know what they said about me when I left. And I said, maybe they said what, maybe they talked about you like, like they talked about Jesus back in the Bible. Maybe they talked about you like people tend to talk about people of God. What, what, how does that make you feel? And he goes, well, that, that's what I want. I, I, wanna, I, wanna, I wanna speak the message of God's goodness. And I said, well, keep telling your story. That's one story. Keep telling your stories. See, it's the first time that he had actually experienced healing and he grew up in a church that does not preach healing. That does not, it's not that they would say God doesn't heal because, well, there are people who have been healed, but they would, they would really pull away from it and, and, and not want to talk about things like that a whole lot. So he finds himself in circles of people that if he opens his mouth and says, I was healed, his fear is that they'll look at him and, you know, eh, he's a weirdo. So where do you find yourself? If we're willing to tell our stories and we don't worry about what people think of us, we can tell about the goodness of God. And we can encourage them, even if they're not sure what to do with it. Don't worry about it. Tell your story anyway. I'm going to read uh, Revelation 12:11, And if you want to, you can turn there. Um, we've all heard this, I'm sure. But Revelation 12:11 says, 
And they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. And they loved not their lives unto the death. Did you notice that? They, they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb, so the, the power of the sacrifice of Jesus and the word of their testimony. See, it, it's part of the equation. And they loved not their lives unto the death. This, to me, our practical uh, application of this today is when you're in a group of people that might disagree with you, might think you're strange, don't love your life. Tell them. Who cares what they think? Do you realize the devil has people in a, in a complete clampdown of fear of other people? And those other people actually don't really care about you. <laughs> I mean, they, not only do they not care about what your story is or not, they, they probably aren't even going to speak bad about you. But even if they would, they don't love you anyway. So why do you control, let that control your life? Why not speak the message of what God has done? I'm going to read Matthew 5, verses 14, 15, and 16. And this is where Jesus was on the mountain, Sermon on the Mount. This is in the... Uh, what would be part of the Beatitudes, or just right after that. And he says, and I want you to hear this. This is the words of Jesus. These are words in red in your Bible, maybe. He says, you are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand. And it gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. Did you notice who Jesus himself said is the light of the world? Did, did Jesus say, I am the light of the world? If I would have, have asked you before I read that, who's the light of the world? A lot of people, we would we maybe say, well, Jesus. No. No, you are the light of the world. See, it's us. And then he says, a city that's set on a hill cannot be hidden. If you think about it in the dark, if there's a city, the light just comes off of that city. What's it do? It's a beacon of hope. If you are traveling a long distance and, and you didn't know where to go and you didn't have flashlight or you know, a way to produce light and you look and you see light, you're going to head that direction. If you're hungry or thirsty or need a place to stay, you'll find a place. Go there. A city that's set on a hill is a beacon of hope. And he says, also, you don't light a lamp and then put it under a basket. If we would put black cloths around all of these lights, even though the lights are on, they wouldn't produce any light in here. So they would be kind of pointless. How many of your lives are kind of pointless? And I'm not saying that to condemn you. I'm asking you, how much light... How much light is visible to those around you? Are you a city set on a hill? Have you put a basket over your story? Are you allowing God to show light to those around you? When you go to the gas station, you're filling up your car, there's a person on the other side of the pump. Do you, do you engage with that person? Ask them about their story. People want to talk. They want to tell about their life. And they may tell you something bad that's happening in their life. They may tell you something good. 
But when you actually care about someone else, then they'll be willing to listen to your story. It's not just to, if I could say, toot your own horn, because we've been taught, don't toot your own horn. Don't try to be something you're not. If you are trying to be something you're not, don't worry, it won't work for you anyway. Just tell your story. It never works to toot your own horn. It just doesn't. So don't worry about being too out there. So much of our lives have been, have been quenched by this fear of speaking out. Uh, I looked up the definition of testimony, and it is evidence given as a record, a report, or witness. It is to be a witness, to bear witness, to affirm that one has seen or heard or experienced something, or that he knows it because he was taught by, and this says, by divine revelation or inspiration. To give and not hold back an honorable testimony. To give a good report. And when I was looking at it in, uh, in the concordance, just looking up the word testimony, I was amazed how many times it's used in the Bible. And one of the, the most common or most familiar that we would think of was the Ark of the Testimony. It was, that was the name of it, the Ark of the Testimony. And in fact, there was times that even the tabernacle was called the Tabernacle of Testimony. Huh. Interesting. What's testimony? Why would it be the Ark of the Testimony? When I think of that, I think, okay, that was where the mercy seat was. That's where the Spirit of God Himself rested. Do you realize that in the new covenant that we have, your heart is now the mercy seat. We all walk around as ark or arcs of the testimony. We are the display of the Spirit of God to those around us. In 1 Corinthians 6.19, it says, Or do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit, who is in you, whom you have from God, and you are not your own? You understand this? He, and he goes on saying, you were bought with a price. There, there, there's a value that God has established on you specifically so that he can tell his story through you. If you stop or quench your story, you stop God's story. In fact, uh, if, if I think of, I've even heard this or seen this described, history is his story. History. His story. That's what it is. If you look all the way through, all the way to creation and before, it begins with God. And it, it is Him creating, establishing all that we know and, 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 and love, all that we are. And even after people leave this earth, God still has a story that He's telling. So when I was thinking of the the graveyards that I was driving past this morning. I thought, man, I wonder how many stories are trapped underneath those gravestones. I wonder how many stories were never told. And I had this like, man, this inspiration of, let's not be buried with our stories. Don't, don't allow your stories to go untold. I heard a guy, or uh, there was a speaker, and he was talking about the, the area of the greatest untapped potential is in the graveyard. Because 
those, there, there, are, there are hopes and dreams. There are, there are lives lived out. There are so many things that, that God had for those people. And for whatever reason, some of them did, some of them didn't live out to their potential. But we're not there. We're here. So as you drive past a graveyard, be inspired that you're not there. Because people are just dying to get in there. <laughs> Sorry, I, I did not anticipate that. But uh, I, I'm telling you, the, the story that you have is something that brings life. It really does. And when you think of uh, all, all the stories that we read in the Bible, I'm even looking at in, in Romans, Paul says, in Romans 12, he says, present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God. And he, he says, present yourself because you're not your own. Again, this is, this is that same message. In fact, if I look at uh, Romans 1, 5 through 9, I have it, I want to read it in the New Living Translation because this, there's just a, I, I like the way it's worded. He says, through Christ, God has given us the privilege and authority as apostles to tell Gentiles everywhere what God has done for them so that they will believe and obey him, bringing glory to his name. And you are included among those Gentiles who have been called to belong to Jesus Christ. I am writing to all of you in Rome, maybe I'll say, I am writing to all of you in Jordan Life here, who are loved by God and are called to be his own holy people. May God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ give you grace and peace. Let me say first that I thank my God through Jesus Christ for all of you because your faith in him is being talked about all over the world. So what's happening in Asbury University? There's, there's a revival that's happening. How do we know about it? Somebody put it on social media. Somebody t started telling a story. And it actually didn't take very long. If we, if we think of the revivals that have happened over the years, the communication, the time of communication is, is increasing with with every year. It's like it's something happens, boom, 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 boom. It's, I mean, I could just talk about some of the current events and you go, yep, 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 know about that, know about that. And we are more informed than we've ever been. But so often the stories we're informed of are the bad stories. <laughs> the, the things that don't bring life and are not encouraging. And when something happens that is encouraging, and we start to see the news media, which I'm even surprised they would even say anything about it because everything they have is canned lies. But if you, if you see, hey, something is getting people's attention. What's happening? What would happen if something begins to happen here in your life and you start to tell your story? Are you willing to tell your story? I would guess that if we would go around the room and just start talking, just start saying, okay, tell me one thing that God has done in your life. I bet every one of you would have something. If you think about it, go back as far as you need to. <laughs> maybe, maybe you had the cord wrapped around your neck before you were born and, and you didn't die. It could be anywhere. There are stories in your life where God has sustained you.
And just because maybe it's a story like that that happened a long time ago, doesn't make it invalid. It's just as important because guarantee you wouldn't be here if it wasn't for that, for the Lord saving your life. Maybe you had a four-wheeler accident when you were younger and you, you ran straight into a tree and they, they're saying, man, I can't believe that kid survived. How many people do we know like that, that had an accident or had something happen? And, and you go, I'm still here. I didn't die. Tell your story. Say, God has been there for me all along. He's been there. Encourage each other with your stories. When you get together with each other, do you encourage each other or do you tell the stories that shouldn't be told? Do you slander? Do you talk about the people who told their story? How many times does that happen? Did you hear about what so-and-so did? Did you hear what happened? And I'm asking you, like, this, this is a legitimate question that every one of us need to answer in the moment. When you find yourself being, being given a story of gossip, what do you do with it? Do you take it in? Do you just, well, I'll just stay quiet. I'll just, I'll just let them talk. Or do you say, and you can do this with grace. You don't need to like slap them or something, but you can say, I mean, if you, well, no. Um, <clears throat> I, I'm, I'm a physical person, so I would probably be more likely to, you know, say, hey, let's, let's, but you can say, hey, do we have to talk about that? What's something God has done in your life? What if you just zoom, turn it around like that? Stop the gossiper and say, tell me something God's done in your life. I bet, I bet you will find some situations turned around in a moment. You will find the culture of a, of a gathering shift just like that. Because, yeah, you didn't allow the poison to continue. How much poison do we allow happening all the time? Because, well, we don't want to stick out. Let your light shine before men that they may see your good works. And glorify who? Your Father who is in heaven. Exactly. That's our role. When you tell your story, you glorify God. You're not glorifying yourself. If you try to glorify yourself, it's obvious to everyone around you. So don't worry about it. Just, you know if you're glorifying yourself, just be true. Be true to what's in there. If you're glorifying the Lord, speak boldly and say, God did this through me. If you laid hands on someone and they received healing, tell that story. Why, why, why just let it go and, oh, hopefully nobody sees it. Hopefully nobody knows. Have you ever done that? Have you ever prayed for someone, laid hands on them, and they, they got healed right in front of you? If you didn't, talk to someone who did. Maybe it'll encourage you to do it next time. There was a lady walking uh, on the sidewalk at, out at Karis the one day, and, and there was, people would come for, uh, there was healing school every Thursday, there, and th there, was, there was constantly people around with physical issues that were showing up and saying, I don't know what to do about this. And I just learned that when I, when I felt prompted by the Lord to do something, I'm just going <laughs> to, 
I'm just going to do it. I'll ask for forgiveness later. I'm not going to. I'm not going to worry about. Well, is this is this okay or not? I'm just going to ask. And so this this woman is hobbling. I mean, she she was she was like barely moving and, and couldn't put any pressure on on her one leg. And I I just felt like the Lord said, pray for her. And I just said, can I pray for you? What's what's going on? Look like you're not walking very good. She goes, oh, it hurts so bad. Must have twisted it or something. And she she didn't know what was going on with it. And I said, do you, do you mind if I put my hands on your knee? And she said, go for it. So I just knelt down in front of her and I just, I didn't know what to do. I just said, well, thank you, Lord, that all this is paid for. Knee be healed in Jesus' name. And she goes, huh? And she started jumping up and down and took off running down the sidewalk, never came back. I mean, she was like yelling, running down the sidewalk. And I, I was like just standing there like, wow, that worked. That's pretty cool. And, and, you know, I could easily just go, well, if I tell people about it, then they'll want me to lay hands on them. Or, oh, I don't know. They'll think I'm just trying to be something. We have, there's... There's some verses that we have, uh, we've read over the years, and we've kind of told each other. In fact, here it is, Romans 12, 3. For I say, through the grace given to me to everyone who is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly as God has dealt to each one the measure of faith. I've heard that verse used to say, eh, don't, don't think too high. Don't think too high. Don't, eh, don't, don't promote yourself. Paul, that's not what Paul's saying. He says, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think. How ought you to think? Who are you? One third of you is wall to wall, Holy Ghost. One third of you is 100% the power of God if you've been born again. See, your body, soul, and spirit, that's who you are. You are a spirit first, you have a soul, and you live in a body. So, when the Lord says, walk up to them and lay my hand on them, do you go, oh, how, how is this your hand, God? How, how, this is my hand. And he says, you're the body of Christ, go put my hand on them. And you say, well, but I, who, I, who am I? I'm, I shouldn't think more highly than I ought to think. And he says, walk over there and be me. Walk over there. Put your hand on them and pray for them. See, all of the exploits that have happened, if you look in the Word and you read all of these stories, stories, the Bible is just stories. It's, it's a book of stories. And if all the stories would be written, the sky would not be able to contain everything that God has done, okay? But you read the stories in here. Every one of the stories of the exploits that God did, He did it through a person. It required a person to exercise faith. Moses had to stand and put the staff out over the Red Sea. Joshua, the, when they were the children of Israel crossing the Jordan River, the, 
the feet of the priests carrying the ark had to step into the water before the water would, would dry up. See, it took an act of faith. All of the prophets, all of the, I mean, I could go on and on and on. I could just, how many times did God do something? If you look at it, you will find a person that he, he, gave, he gave a job to. And he said, believe, have faith, and do this. That hasn't changed. God does what he does through us, through people on the earth. And then he wants us to tell people about it. If there's a story of someone in your life that you know, you know the story, and, and it, it's, it's a story of God's goodness, tell the story. It doesn't even have to be your story. Tell the story. Tell the story of God's goodness. For whatever reason, I, I just, this was so strong on my heart that I, I don't know what everyone here is dealing with. But my guess is, everyone here is a storyteller. God wouldn't put this on my heart if it wasn't for, for everyone here. But not every story should be told. Which stories are you telling? Are you speaking about the people? Or are you allowing, allowing those stories to poison your heart? Or are you telling the stories of God goodness? Are you, God's goodness? Are you letting your light shine? 